welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to the Built on Air podcast, season 11, episode six. Good to be with you this Tuesday morning. We've got a full group with us today. We've got Ali and Camille back as always. Welcome. Hello. Good morning. Good to have you with us. And we've got a new but regular face with us, Scott Rose. Welcome. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. I think uh, you lead for, you probably are the leader for most posts on the Airtable community. <laughs> and I think you also might be most uh, guest appearances on our podcast now. <laughs> wow. So I love I think, it. I love it. I think so. Welcome back. Always good to have you. <laughs> regular face in in all uh communities so if you haven't heard scott roses or seen his name that probably means uh you haven't been hanging out in any other communities lately <laughs> so good to have you with us as always um i'll go through today's show because scott's a regular we typically will do a deep dive but um if you don't know scott's story we've we've shared it at least once or twice on the podcast so check out some of his previous uh, segments. So we're going to just do um, content and, and demos for you today. So it'd be chock full of uh, fun stuff to learn. So as always, we'll go through the communities and talk about what's going on in Airtable. Then we will do a spotlight on onto our primary sponsor. Then Scott will walk through uh, using automations and how to reenact uh, looping and automations. And then he'll also do a demo on using multi-selects for, for tagging and personalized views. And then we'll um, have Ali go through uh, also another automation on triggering multiple automations at the same time. And then we'll end with a quick spotlight for built on air. So with that, we'll start with our around the bases and talk about what's going on in the Airtable community. First, uh, this one is from the technical side of Airtable. So I thought I'd start with the, with the fun, geeky stuff. Um, if you wanted to know a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on under the hood of Airtable, the engineering team, Andrew Wang, who's, on the, um, who's an engineering manager over storage at Airtable, 
is uh, goes through and talks about how they migrated their MySQL database. So this was news to me. I didn't, re- I didn't, I don't, you know, have much insight into what's under the hood, but they kind of peel back the onion a little bit here. And so all of our bases that we're building are backed by MySQL, which is one, one of probably two most popular open source uh, databases. Um, it's been around for a what long time. If you've used, if you've built any, you know, WordPress or anything, that's the database that that goes along with WordPress and many other uh, open source projects. So that was news to me. Um, this article talks about a big upgrade from version 5.6 up to version 8 and how they dealt with it. So this is probably you could probably probably remember that they were going through some some major outages of the database, and I think they had one big upgrade planned, right? That they announced, and it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was only down for a couple of seconds, I think. So um, he talks about how the transition went pretty smoothly. They didn't have to roll back. They had everything in place if they needed to roll back, but they didn't have to. And so that was probably um, when they did that big upgrade uh, sometime last year. I can't remember when that was, mm-hmm. but uh, kind of cool. If you if you like the geeky, nerdy stuff of under the hood of Airtable, this is a good article to read. Yeah, I read through it and I got through roughly half of it understanding. And then they got through, they started going over the, the, the technical ins and outs of like what could go wrong if we if we do it poorly. And that's when I, my level of understanding just sort of went out of the window. But for the first part, um, like you, Dan, I was like, uh, not necessarily surprised, but like I learned through this article that it's all based on my school. And it's, it was interesting because I remember working in WordPress and my school being not, you know, the funnest thing to use. And it's not, to me, I don't find it easy to navigate. And I can't imagine trying to run my business purely on a MySQL database. And so it was just, you know, it made me appreciate the the UI that Airtable puts on top of what is already a database. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because MySQL um, doesn't doesn't inherently have kind of the the um, some of the features of other databases like NoSQL databases. I actually, my preference is Postgres. Um, that's the database that I use for our product and also another open source one. So I I wish they would have gone with Postgres. I think that's the more robust of the two. The Postgres and MySQL are kind of the two standard bearers for, for open source um, databases. But I guess it's also good that they did go with an open source one. It, it, I think for scalability, they, they're not paying some huge license fees to expand their database. <clears throat> so welcome to our guests. You've got some hecklers, Scott, already. <laughs> Incredible. Oh I love it. I love it. My stand-up comedian dreams are coming true. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> Very good. All right. Any other comments on that before we move on? No, I really like that. This engineering blog, I've been poking around at a little bit. There's another one I thought was interesting in the last couple of weeks about it was like the case of the missing data or cell case case of the missing cell or something. There's a bug that I've noticed where like a whole column will just be empty um, until you refresh, even though there is data in it. 
Yeah. And like they go into like trying to track down that bug and why it existed. And it was really interesting. There it is. Yeah. The curious case yeah. of the missing cell. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their engineering blog, they, they do some more in depth, not, not too frequent, but, um, but uh, good stuff on there. Yeah. So if you're, if you're an engineer uh, that wants to join, this is Airtable. This is a good resource to get up to speed on what they're working on. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump over to the Built on Air community in our Slack group. A couple of threads that I thought were worth um, pointing out. Uh, ben Bailey, who was a guest on our podcast, asks if uh, Airtable automation is triggered while it's already actively running. Do the instances just run in sequence? If so, is there a maximum number of runs that can queue up? Um, uh, so it was actually pretty timely. Ben Green, who um, uh, is also involved in the community, talks about um, he actually had just asked the Airtable support and um, says, if it takes the automation three seconds to perform the necessary actions for one record, and the automation is triggered for 6,000 records, it will take approximately five hours for the automation to process all of the records. Um, Let's see. So basically, it will take, um, so they are, so they are sequential is what he's saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll all just queue up but they'll compound in time. I really wish that Airtable would come out with some higher level, like, or I guess no more granular, I guess the opposite of higher level, like tools to look at your automation runs or even search through them. Like I can't, if I get a notification that like something fails, I mean, like sometimes the link does work, but I don't know. I just, I want to be able to search for a certain thing like you can in Zapier. Yeah, there's a couple of things I think can be tied into the activity bar for a particular record. You open it up, it'll tell you this record was uh, edited by the API uh, using whoever's API key. So it'll tell you which user it's attributed to. And then it'll also say this record was edited by automations. It'd be great if you could like click that event in the activity log and it would open up the automations panel and talk about that run. Like obviously there's, depending on what plan you are, um, it's either two weeks or like a year or whatever, the amount of time that information is stored. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that limit still being applied because you know, at, at some point you're just gonna have to deal with something happening like three months ago. <laughs> just that did happen, it's over. But if you, if you just got a notification that your automation is, you know, failed or whatever, it'd be nice if you could access it from a couple of different places. And I feel like the activity bar would be a good place to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a good place. You know, there's another thing also, which I think they can improve upon. If you have multiple automations running simultaneously, there's no, <clears throat> there, excuse me, there's no overarching run log. It's similar yeah. to what you're talking about. Yeah. You see everything that's happening. You have to go into each automation one at a time. And I found out that if you have automations that are running on hundreds of records erroneously, you actually can turn off that automation and it will eventually stop the queue. So let's say your automation is supposed to be running for 500 records. Mm -hmm. If you turn it off, it might run for the next 10, 15, 20 records, but it will eventually stop. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to go into each 
automation. I had a client where we accidentally triggered seven automations simultaneously um, because a, a field got deleted. Mm -hmm. and, and we had to go into each one of the seven automations to turn them off while they were running. It would have been nice to have like sort of a big kill switch. Yeah. Well, and they recently added sections to automation so you could put your automations in their little folders. So oh, I think right. you should probably be able to, for a particular folder, say stop all or turn on, turn on all. Makes That's sense to me. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'd love to see like, you know, like a current usage section or something like, I don't know. Yeah. We're saying like, or like these are running or these just ran like a whole, just a mass list because I've similar to what you just said, Scott, I mean, like I'm working on a big project. I've got tons of automations. It's very intricate and I'm trying to optimize and it's really difficult to figure out how to optimize when I can't really see the trail that easily. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one thing I'll, I'll point out and Kavan talks about this. So it looks like um, it's not sequential in the sense of whenever each record is added, but it is um, in series. So it does only do one at a time, but it's random or we don't know how it chooses which automation process that gets executed next. And so that's what you'll see like in the list of the history that it'll have multiple in progress and it's not in order of which one runs. It's like one at a time randomly. And yeah. so they may have under the hood, maybe it's a random selection or I don't know how they decide which one they execute next. Right. So it's not necessarily in series as how they got created or added to the queue. So that's good to know if you're expecting them to be in the order, like if you're looping through, like what Scott, you'll show us, those all won't happen in the same order that they get added to the, to the list. I wonder right, if they let's get move on. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, to I'm sorry. To I wonder if they get, if they get run in the order, the alphabetical order by the underlying record ID. <laughs> that might, that something? might be a thing. That'd I'm be really difficult to test. <laughs> Or maybe, yeah, like maybe uses like the created date of the record ID or the last modified date. Yeah. What I would assume is, you know how the first grid view is like the like main view for if you're like yeah. selecting from somewhere else. I would assume that that might be the order. That'd be my guess. Ah, right. So yeah. That's what that sort yeah. order is in. Hmm. Interesting. But I'm, I don't know. If somebody's <laughs> really funny. bored, they could experiment yeah. and figure that out <laughs> all of these sound like plausible descriptions <laughs> to me like you need to make a sandwich bet to see who is right no yeah <laughs> i think all of us here have a little bit too much higher priority things to work on <laughs> i'm very concerned about this now yeah, yeah all right moving on um Thought we'd give a shout out to anybody that's uh, in Europe or near London. Uh, Airtable is hosting a get together, a customer showcase. So um, check that out. Let's see what the dates are. June 28th in London at the WeWork. And uh, so, yeah. So if you're out in that neck of the woods, oh, they've got Howie there. What? What? Wow. And Christy, wasn't she at the uh, yep. conference? Yeah, Christy Dare Table. was at uh, Dare Table. Yep. Now we have to go to London. 
We yeah, can well, always, how we? Hold on. Wait a minute. What about us, though? <laughs> <laughs> right? Do, wait, do they have an, a London office, right? They yeah. do, yeah. I think that's one of their newer offices. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. if this makes sense, that's fine. I'm not bitter. Yeah, I think it was an <laughs> international one, too. Yeah. So yeah. they must, yeah, they must have. I mean, I imagine they're just going out to visit the the office and... But yeah, they could have been visiting their Austin office at the same time we were there, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe they'll show your video like Jen mentions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So Allie and I are both featured in a video. Uh, I think it's technically two different videos um, that are Airtable promos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were great videos. Yay. Very good. And it, like was posted in the... I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> and like was posted in the in the uh, built on air community, the first question that Scott and Bill bring up or EU European support for all their product offerings will be the first question asked. I'm really that... not complaining. I'm just trying to improve the product. Yeah. I, I think I'm on that train too. I'm one of those people who, you know, all of my, all but one of my clients were U.S. based. And so we all use the U.S. dollar and we all use the same date format. However, there's, you know, if you're going to put an office in London where presumably they use different date formats and yeah. different, um, you know, currency symbols and whatnot, I feel like surely that has to be something you talk about at your event where you're like, here's how our product will improve your business and if your business uses a different currency symbol we got to make it easier for you to change that symbol yeah right and And european calendars start on monday instead of sunday so oh i didn't i didn't even know that i i just knew it was a different uh ordering of the month and the date but yeah i know a lot of you know south american uh countries as well start on monday as opposed to sunday and you could you could adjust a lot of your formulas to count your weeks starting on Monday, but the calendar view is always Sunday through Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. And so, and and the date picker as well. So there should be a, you know, a global setting that's like, we, we consider Monday the start of the week. Yeah. And the phone number field only works for us phone numbers. Although it just drops the formatting if you type too many numbers. So that's okay. But yeah, lots of little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe this uh, event will trigger some of that. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Next one. Um, I thought this was a good uh, thing to be aware of. Um, so somebody asked the questions. They're importing a CSV file and they have uh, a number, a long number that's probably like a serial ID or something. And when they import it, the number is changing. And so they're like, what's going on? And so Rebecca gives uh, good help um, saying it's probably, um, if it's a number field, then that number is too long. And so it's like rounding it. And so to treat that as a single line field um, in Airtable and just treat it as text instead of a number. And so that's what it was trying to be maybe too smart and and recognize that that was a, a number and converting it. 
So something to be aware of if you're doing uh, imports with long numbers. Absolutely. That can happen in Excel too. Yeah. Scientific notation. Hopefully that's not a too big of an issue with this particular use case. Like hopefully they don't need it to be actually a number. So you could do like calculations with if it's like a latitude and longitude, for instance, that is technically a number, but you don't ever need to add anything to it. So, you know, it's fine if it's a single line text field. Hopefully that's the case here. Yeah. Yeah. So good reminder dealing with stuff like that. All right. Next one. This was just kind of a, Nice uh, article. This is from our friends at WhaleSync. They were also guests on our podcast uh, not too long ago, but they do a deep dive in comparing Airtable with um, Google Sheets. So if you're not quite sure the differences, if you're still kind of learning that, this is a good resource. Or if you need to convince your boss on why to move to Airtable from Google Sheets or spreadsheets in general, this is a good resource to uh, compare the two. All right, moving on. A couple um, Twitter um, tweets. This is a good one from uh, Mike Cardona. Um, just how kind of a strategy of how to um, improve your formula game and work with formulas and, and learning them. So he says, first step, make a copy of two to three of your favorite templates. The goal is to recreate the template yourself without cheating. Start by picking one template from the ones you copied. Study its structure. Click through each formula field and understand why, how the formulas were used. Are there apps installs? Play and learn them. And um, avoid using, avoid templates that use scripts unless you have basic understanding of programming. So basically just a strategy for learning formulas, just looking at existing, the universe is full of templates that I'm sure have uh, amazing, if you really want to look at formulas, find some templates created by a Mr. B. Uh, w. Van Hall. Thank you. Mm. Um, that, that's for the advanced formula class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> oh, yeah. This guy has some, some really nice um, content. Mike Cardona, I follow him on LinkedIn, and he's always posting some really good stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We should get him on the show sometime. So Mike, if you're listening, come on. Love to have you on. <clears throat> All right. Um, this is a good one. Um, so we talk about this a lot and actually I think I might've mentioned this. I was like, somebody needs to collect all these open source Airtable alternatives. So we have like a repository. They should have done this in Airtable, but, um, if you're looking for alternatives or maybe you need to host your own Airtable equivalent, this article is a good one that walks through all the different um, alternatives out there and gives you the pros and cons relative to Airtable. So worth checking out. There's quite a few of them and there's probably more actually. This one only has only three so yeah i think there's even more out there than what is in this list so but there are things that you just can't replace in Airtable, like the community and the headaches (laughs) (laughs) must have the bad with the good (laughs) okay have you guys seen the new commercial Yeah. yeah oh no i haven't seen it 
Okay, so Airtable, I think um, Ali saw this first. We, we talked about it last time, but we didn't show it. I thought it was worth highlighting the, uh, we'll air it. I don't know if the audio will work. I forgot to check my audio. So tell me if you can hear this. <clears throat> How can you transform your work? Kind of. all your workflows, data, and people in one place and respond to new challenges at a moment's notice. How can you create a system to take you from what if to we will to we did? This is how. Airtable. How can you transform what you... What do you think? It's good. Very good. Yeah, pretty basic. But I mean, it kind of like has the big enterprise, you know, like the ServiceNow and Salesforce feel to it. <clears throat> so Absolutely. it'll be interesting to see if this helps with their brand awareness. Yeah. Has anyone seen it on TV yet? I don't watch TV. I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch TV. Yeah. They said uh, they said it was going to air during the the French Open, right? Oh no, the U.S. Open, the U.S. Open. So yeah. I don't think it's aired yet on on national TV because that's still a couple weeks away. Nice. Wow. I wonder what sort of effect. I wonder if there will be a huge influx of new users coming to Airtable after that airs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll be we'll be ready for them. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so we'll see that. I've been seeing actually quite a few. Who was the? There was another kind of more startupy software company that wasn't huge that is doing national advertising. I did see them on TV, but I was surprised. Um, can't remember Click who up. it was. Who? ClickUp. ClickUp. I've seen. Yeah, ClickUp does a ton. There was another one um, that I just started noticing. If I remember, I'll I'll uh, post it. But. Um, yeah, so we'll see. But yeah, they're definitely trying to, you know, play with the big boys, so to speak, and, and uh, you know, compete with like the, the bigger brand names. <clears throat> All right. So that uh, concludes our round the bases and what's going on, keeping you up to date. No announcements unless a lot of times they come out during the show. So haven't seen any new features released um, in your table. So um, we'll see what's going on. So quickly, uh, spotlight on Onter, our primary sponsor. It's an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable, a suite of apps that do a variety of different tasks that you likely need if you are relying on Airtable to execute any aspect of your business. Today, I just want to spotlight um, a new template that we posted on our website. So if you're in the e-commerce space and you already have... Um, you already have your e-commerce site built out, but you want to replicate that information in Airtable. This is a free template that you can download from our site that goes into more detail on how you might organize your, your store inside of Airtable. So check it out on our resource section on our website at ontoair.com. Shout out to uh, Hannah who put this together for us and uh, some cool stuff in there. So. Check that out and many more stuff at ontoair.com. 
with that, Scott, if you want to get your screen ready, we will learn about automations and looping and how to how to implement looping with automations. All right. Let's see. Oops, sorry, my security settings. Oh uh, yeah. Not allowing me to share, but let's see, it'll prompt. Oh no, it's making me quit and relaunch my browser. So I'll, I think I'll be right back in two yep. seconds. <laughs> sorry, good. I did not even realize. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> nah, going back interim, to our room. Yeah, go oh, ahead. I, I was just gonna say, um, Jan and the uh, uh, built on air community posted that Howie was a guest on the Station F podcast. Um, haven't seen the episode. Oh, there you go. Well, I think he's saying, I think he's saying at the, um, at the London event, he'll be speaking uh, for an hour. Got it. Yeah. So, all right, Scott, there we go. Infinity screen ready. There we Infinity go. Infinity screen. Okay, cool. Um, you guys can see my whole screen, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, do it like that. Okay, cool. I can't see you guys, but I'm looking at my screen. Um, so this is something that's come up a bunch of times in the forums um, where people are trying to schedule a, um, uh, like a bulk email to a bunch of people and send out that, uh, uh, an email to you know a whole group of people, which is actually not really a problem in and of itself. You can very easily schedule emails to go out at a certain time uh, en masse, basically. But the problem comes if you are trying to customize each email, um, you know, like dear first name, comma, you know, your last invoice amount is X dollar amounts then that's where the native built-in automations of Airtable will sort of fail you. Um, so I'll sort of show you what that would look like. And this is where people get into a little bit of trouble with the automations. Um, so I have here a table of a bunch of contacts here. And what you may think you would want to do for that is something like this. You would set up your email to trigger at a scheduled time. Uh, so, for example, I want this email to go out every week on Tuesday at 1 o'clock p.m. And uh, I'll just test this trigger here and uh, say step successful. And then the next step that people want to do is they want to find the specific records that they want to send that email to. So, for example, in this case, I want to find only the contacts that have a tag of newsletter. And so if we actually just go back out to my base for a second, you'll see I have five contacts here and three of them are tagged with newsletter. So if I go back in here, I'm gonna find the records where the tags has any of newsletter. I'm gonna test this action and you'll see that it found those three records right there. And now I wanna send out an email to these people where I say, dear Jane, comma, thank you for being a member since you know, whatever, since the year X, Y, Z that you joined. So I go to the next step, which is to send an email. And this is where uh, that idea will fail because what happens is the find records action does not actually loop through each 
record individually for you to perform an action on each record. What it does is it actually returns an array of record IDs and it performs one action on all of them as a group. So this send an email action will perform one action, one email to everybody as a group. So right here, if you specify who do you want to send this email to, I'm just going to delete this for a moment here. And if you click on the plus sign here, I'm going to choose my find records step here. I'm going to click on continue and we'll go in even further here. And then when I get down here to the field values, I can click on continue again and I will finally get to the email address. And you'll notice that if I insert, well, you can already see it happening right there. It's already giving me the array of email addresses. So if I insert this here, it's actually giving me a comma, delimit, a comma delimited uh, set of email addresses from those three records. And similarly, down here where I say dear, then first name, it's actually the same thing that just happened up there. If I go through here, you'll see that I can only choose the list of, um, oops, I just did the wrong thing there. Uh, if I click on continue, it just gives me the length. That gives me the number three. Um, and if I choose insert uh, for the first name, you could see if I move my mouse off of it, it's going to say Jane, comma, John, comma, Mary. So if I generate a preview here, this is what the email will look like. <clears throat> Dear Jane, comma, John, comma, Mary, <laughs> which is not what you want. And the two will be to everybody separating a comma delimited list there. So that's the problem. And so how do we solve that problem? So there's three ways that I know of doing it. There's, there may even be more ways, actually. Um, but the three easiest ways or the three most common ways, I would say, are you can write a script to do that. Um, and Kavan, who's a friend of the show, she loves scripting. And so that might be her preferred approach. I don't actually know JavaScript or I know like two little bits of JavaScript. So I don't usually go down that approach, um, go down that path. Um, another way to do it is to use an external automation tool like Zapier or make.com formerly known as Integramat. Um, and you could do it with those tools. Those tools will actually loop through <clears throat> your found sets. Um, I think Zapier does it. I actually- um, It does. Um, they do, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mostly use Make. <clears throat> Excuse me, let me get some water here. But mm, if you wanna stay natively within Airtable, there's actually a very clever workaround. This is, is this actually the Ben Green workaround? Is he the man who discovered this or many people discovered this simultaneously? We can attribute it to Ben Green. Let's attribute it to Ben Green because this is actually where I first got the light bulb aha moment for this. So we're going to attribute it to him. Um, basically, the idea is, is that since you end up with this array of values, what you can actually do is you can put this array of values into a linked record field instead so what you can do is i'm going to go back to my list of automations here and uh, actually before i go to the next automation um which shows you how to solve this problem let's take a look at what i've set up in the table here so basically this is my contacts table right here 
And then I've set up a separate table, an automation table. This is technically what I sort of like to consider just like a utility table. This table exists for no other reason than to solve this dilemma. Um, and so it basically, for the primary field, I just have an auto number field. You, you know, do anything you want for the first field there. And then I have a linked record field that links back to the context table right here. And so now I'm gonna show you what you would wanna do in your automation. So we're gonna go into this next automation here. Um, and this is the first of two automations that we're gonna need uh, in order to make this happen. So the trigger is still the same. You know, uh, we're gonna send out this email at a scheduled time every week on Tuesday at one o'clock PM. I'm just gonna test this trigger right here. Step successful. The second step is also the same. So we are going to find records where the tag has any of newsletter. So I'm going to test this action and it's going to bring up those same three records again. Those three people are the ones we want to send the newsletter to. But now this is where the trick takes place. So you can actually do this a couple different ways. Uh, you could either create a record or you can update an existing record. I usually like to create a brand new record uh, just to keep everything nice and uh, clean and notice. So I can actually, in a way, have my own history of this automation run in the table. Uh, but you could also just do an update record as well. So I'm going to create a record and I'm going to create it in that utility table, in that automation table. And what I'm going to do is in the linked record field, in the contacts field right here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in the array of the record IDs that it found from the find records step. So to get to that, I'm just going to delete this here and I'm going to click on the plus sign here. I'm going to choose my find records step and then I'm going to go into records and then it says make a new list of Airtable record ID. And if I move my mouse off of this, you can already see what it's going to look like. Those are the internal record IDs for the three records that it found. So I'm going to insert that there. And that's it. That's all you need to do. And if I run this as configured, let's take a look at what happens. I'm going to run the test here. And it shows me that the record was created. And it shows me that those three contacts are now in the linked record field. So if I go back to my grid view here, um, here it is. Here's the new record that was just created. And all three of those contacts are now linked to this record. So if I go, so this is uh, auto number six here. And if I go back to the contacts table, you'll see that all three of these contacts have the number six added to them. And so now, now it's very, very easy to send out individual emails to each one of these people because all we need to do is create a brand new automation that triggers when this particular field gets updated. And what that does is that will trigger on one record at a time. So if we were to actually go in here and create that automation, we could just say uh, when a record is updated and we will choose our contacts table. And um, we don't actually need to choose a view that's optional. <clears throat> And we're going to monitor this linked record field, the email table field. And so it's only watching this one field for when this gets updated. And what we will do is we'll go back in there. Um, 
uh, let's just use a suggested record. It's going to find one of those. And then for our add action, now what we can do finally is we can send an email. And now when we choose from the first step, you will see that it's no longer a list of emails to choose from. It's just one email. So you insert the email there and you can say test here. And now you can say dear and you can choose first name. First name here and you can say thank you for, you know, you can do whatever you want there for joining us. And now when we generate the preview here, you'll see that this is just one email to Judy at example.com and it says, Dear Judy. So the solution is that the scheduling will take place in this first email, then the actual running of the automation will take place here. Then I would probably rename it something like this so I can keep these straight to be. So I would sort of number these so I know that these two go together. You could even group them in their own folder. And that is how you solve that problem natively in, uh, uh, in Airtable. Very nice. Very cool. <clears throat> Definitely comes in handy. <clears throat> it does. Um, I don't know. It's not really a disclaimer, but just to, just to note, if you're doing this particular method and say you wanted to send that email to those three people, you'd have four automation runs in total. The one to set the, or to watch the scheduled time and then the three sending of the emails. So just remember, it's always the list of people you're sending it to plus one, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yes, yes. All right, good stuff, Scott. You ready to move on again? Sure, sure. Keep going with Scott. Scott's got uh, <laughs> so much to share with us. He's going to do the next segment as well using multi-selects. Uh, great. So I, this actually came up yesterday with uh, a client of mine. Let me share my screen again. Uh, we're going to build this together. Um, they had... Oops. Oh, here we go. Sorry about that. Oops, we got the thing. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so this actually came up with a client of mine uh, yesterday. They had a couple of apps. Um, they had uh, the SMS app and the page designer app. And I'll just bring up the page designer app here real quick. And, um, and what they were trying to do was um, they were trying to... Uh, actually create some uh, name labels for a specific uh, group of people. And they were also trying to send out text messages to groups of people. And this is really, really basic. But what they were trying to do was they were like, hey, you know, we just want to, we don't actually know who the people are in advance that we want to send the text messages to. We don't know the people in advance that we want to print out the uh, the name labels for um and so they were like can we just check off these records here like we just want these three people they just showed up at the event these are the three people now that we want to send into the page designer app or these are the three people that we want to send into uh the sms app which they had configured with their twilio account and as far as I know, there's no way to check off these three records and have those apps recognize them. Um, unless you guys know of some way to have these check well, marks. There is a way if it's built into the app. The, I was right. going to bring that up. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, but apps they didn't API. 
yeah, the Apps API um, has the ability to look at a active view and which records are checked or where your mouse mm -hmm. is clicked. Um, but the page designer and SMS app were not built with that functionality used anywhere. So uh, wouldn't that be amazing if they did that across the board for all their native apps? It would be nice. So right right now for page designer specifically, um, like we could see it's as grid view as the selected view. You know, I could imagine an implementation where um, in addition to the drop down of views, there's, you know, a checkbox that says, look at this view and then only checked records in this view. Like that could be one way that they could add that feature. Totally, totally. Yeah, and this was yeah. So this was the uh, yeah. This is the exact challenge that they faced yesterday because it doesn't say like you know just check records only. They were sort of at a loss of what to do, and so their first instinct was to actually create a checkbox field here, um, because if you check off a couple of of your records here, then of course you could either create a new view or you know just filter the existing view for time-saving purposes right now. And they could just filter this to just the check records. And, you know, let's say this became their, uh, you know, checked record view or whatever. Um, then the page designer and the SMS app could pull from just these filtered records. But of course, the problem that they quickly discovered almost immediately was that when they have a staff of 20 people using Airtable and everyone's trying to check at the same time, somebody else's check marks are interfering with their check marks. So this list is constantly expanding and shrinking when they actually don't want it to because somebody else is, is checking these things off. So my solution for them, uh, which is very, very simple, uh, is just to use uh, a multi-select field. So this is a multi-select field that's already called tags. And I had them create tags that they want to use so the different people in the company would just create their own tags. So Nancy could have her own tag, you know, Beth could have her own tag. They could even get more fine-tuned and, you know, Nancy might just be creating like a barbecue uh, party list and, um, you know, she could just get even more fine-tuned like that. Um, you could basically add as many tags as you want. And then the key thing is to create your own view. So I'm just going to duplicate this view and then Nancy can make this her own view. She could even make it a personal view if she wants. She could switch it from collaborative to personal, so only she can edit the view configuration. Uh, she would have to change it on her end uh, to personal view. And then from that point forward, you can filter by the tags, um, and she can choose uh, what she's trying to do right now. So she can say where the tags has any of uh, either Nancy or her barbecue party list. And then all of the people that she's tagged will show up. There's only one right now that I tagged. And then she can just switch these apps to focus only on her view. So it's not quite as simple as just going check, 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 check all the way down. But it is uh, an, a very easy way to just tag people. All you got to do is just use a multi-select field and then create your own view that's filtered by by the tags and then you can get some you know some nice results or the results that they were looking for basically very nice 
very Stuff. simple. Sometimes it's those simple, simple things, right. you know, that make a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the things about Airtable is, you know, somebody like there's the obvious way of like what you said is like, can't I just check these boxes and being able to think, okay, you might have to think a little bit differently to solve it, but there is a way to overcome that, that challenge. Yeah. So it's just figuring out those new ways of thinking. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Thank you, Scott, for sharing your wisdom with us and two very useful tricks that uh, hopefully people can add to their repertoire. Totally. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Let me do a quick uh, spotlight or, or highlight. If you haven't joined our Built On Air community, please join us. We'd love to have you participate. We'd love to have you on the podcast. If you've got something cool to share or tricks that you've learned, using Airtable, um, reach out to us, join our Slack community, sign up for our newsletter, builtonair.com slash join. And we'd love to see you in our community in the future. So with that, we're now gonna learn from Allie and go back to automations. Go for it. All right. I don't know if you guys could see me during Scott's first demo, but I was smiling so big because literally Scott, the way Everything you just set up is basically exactly the same thing as what I'm about to demo, but with a twist. Oh. But what? But it's everything is the same, but what? <laughs> with a little bit of a twist. Oh, nice. I love it. It's so funny, right? Like, I was like, what are the chances of that? I was like, oh, wait, this looks like it's very similar to what I'm going to show. <laughs> but it's different. It is a little bit different. So, um, essentially, the, the I'm solving basically the exact same problem that Scott was uh, posing. Um, however, with with one more thing, the the beauty of what Scott showed and what I'm about to kind of, I guess, expand a little bit on is that you can schedule this at a scheduled time, which is something that's really in Airtable. I mean, obviously, you can set up one email to go out at a scheduled time. But what if you want to send individualized email, as Scott uh, suggested, um, or use like uh, that weekly digest um, that Airtable comes with in one of their built-in automations. If you want to send like a personalized one to each person um, and you want to do that at a scheduled time, that can be really tricky to do. Um, and also this allows you to avoid using the now function, which I am trying to do in all of my projects now because it's, <laughs> it can really uh, impact your performance because it has to reevaluate so often. You have a lot of complex relationships using now can really bog you down um so i'm trying to switch a lot of everything to this kind of method um so very similar to scott's the only difference here is that instead of the find record step i'm actually running a script um so i've just scheduled an automation to go out every week on mondays um, and my script, essentially what I want it to do is find the records on this table where each line here is representative of a person um, that is in charge of a set of vehicles. This is a base I use to demo a lot with. Um, but I want to send each person a list of the vehicles that they are responsible for so that they can say, yep, 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 this is verified, everything's all set. Um, and essentially, I have a very simple script that runs. And I'll show that quickly. It's just 13 lines of code um, that basically is just saying, all right, go look at the audit groups table. 
and um, I've actually limited limited it down to just a specific view. This is a trick that I use often. Um, this view is filtered to, I you know, I only want a subset of these emails going out. Like maybe I have a tag that says active or inactive. I could use that here. And I also want to make sure that they actually have vehicles to send on the report and that they have an email address to send to. Because if they don't have an email address, the report would fail. And I just don't want to send an empty report because I don't think that's valuable in this case. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm actually pointing the script to this particular view so that I'm not selecting all of the records on this table. And I have more control over who's going to receive that email. Best practice that I forget all the time is to lock this view. <laughs> if you don't remember and you change the filters on this, next week, no one's going to get a report or everyone's going to get a report. And you're going to be confused. So I always write something like, um, you know, if I'm being really not lazy, then I'll write out the actual script that's watching it. Sometimes I don't write anything. Um, so moving forward, I have just the script just selects everything on that view. And then it goes through each one of those records and updates a field, the send digest field here, um, to send. So if we look at the options I have in this single select, it's just send or sent. Um, and actually this makes, um, this is a method I've been using really often to trigger automations with, because then if you have an interface set up, you could use a button in an interface to set this value and trigger off your automations as you want, kind of like ad hoc. Mm -hmm. um, so as soon as that gets set to send, for example, then I have a second automation. This does involve, just like Scott's, another automation, but essentially only triggered when that is set to send. And then it's going to go find records. Basically, now it follows exactly the same thing as the built-in weekly digest, um, where it'll go find records. But it makes use of this really awesome feature where you could use a dynamic value rather than a static value in your automation. So you could pull in the record ID of the record that triggered this automation and then go find the vehicles that are tied to that record ID. One thing to note is that these two values do have to be a string I've found, um, or maybe not. This one can be the record ID that triggered it, but this has to be a string um, in order for this to work. Um, and then I want only the vehicles that are verified. And so if I go test that action, well, I didn't pick up a new record, but this still works. Um, and then I can send an email. And actually I got a little fancier with this one, I think a while back. Um, this first grid up here is just the built-in Airtable HTML grid, which can look very nice, but sometimes it's kind of finicky and doesn't look great. Underneath, this is like actual HTML that I've generated by using roll-up fields. Went over how to do that in a different um, episode a few months ago, I think. But um, just a couple different examples there. And then finally, I go back and I update that record to say sent as that single select field. So that way next week when I go to um, resend everything, it'll actually have changed the value back from sent to send. And there can trigger the automation again for the next week. 
and that's it. Nice. Beautiful. It's like we plan that share different <laughs> use cases. Very good. Got your uh, insight. So <clears throat> many different ways that you can um, pull that off, but it is a very common one that I think people struggle with. So I'm glad that we could showcase multiple ways to tackle that. Very serendipitous. That worked yeah. out well. Totally. <laughs> perfect. It, just to point out, I like, um, you know, the solution to use single selects to trigger your automations, both in-house and externally, if you're using Make or Zapier. Um, and I especially like having not just blank and run automation. I like having blank, you know, in progress or ready to send or something like that. And then sent or done as options in the single select because it allows you to say, you know, oh, I know I got an email from make that one of my automations failed and without having to go in and look through the history of which one failed, you could just look at your base and say, well, this is the only record that still says sending right. and not sent. So, you know, that's the one that got hung up somewhere. And it also lets you put as a condition for other automations if you need things to run sequentially to say, if this says sending, don't do anything else to it. Yeah. That could be a condition that you apply to your other um, automations until that value is sent. Mm. Exactly. So I think it's a good um, sort of implementation of, um, you know, having your automations be uh, either triggered directly by a person making that sort of adjustment or triggered elsewhere and having things make sure that they run in the sequence they, you know, should. Exactly. And it actually, it makes it look really nice on the interface. Now, if you have the button that controls the single select, then you can expose the single select under the button and just have it not be editable. So mm -hmm. that way it'll show as the automation runs, it'll show it stepping through and the user's not just sitting there like, I don't know, it said updated, but I don't know what happened. I don't know what it updated because the button isn't like great yet, but there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. Yeah. Smart, smart. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Scott. We'll oh, you're welcome. Be sure to have you back in a few Thank months. You. And Camille and Allie, good to see you too. And hopefully, um, yeah, we'll keep going. And um We'll hear, I guess, I guess the London event is a few months out. I will clarify, um, Jan mentioned that it actually was a podcast that he was referring to. So there's a podcast out there with um, Howie, uh, CEO of Airtable. And um, so we'll get the link from Jan and, and post that in the community. I'd like to hear it as well. So thanks to all that uh, participated. And we'd love to see what you build on air next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.